The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk. As you might have heard um, about energy. The soaring costs continue to cripple the economy. IBEC has a warning out today that firms are going to expect much lower profits, a big chunk taken out of the profits going into 2023 due to rising energy costs. Are more supports for energy costs needed? You will know that some of it was introduced in the budget. Here was IBEC's Senior Executive for Infrastructure and Energy, Conor Minogue, earlier today on News Talk Breakfast. What we would like to see is a support scheme that targets viable but vulnerable businesses, businesses that just need that additional help to get them through this crisis that would otherwise be viable in any normal scenario. Um, and we think with the right supports, most businesses can see, see out this crisis. Now, that is Conor Minogue talking to Breakfast earlier today. He's from IBEC and he's saying that more business supports are needed. I'm joined by Neil MacDonald, who's the Chief Executive of ISME. And a few minutes' time, I'll also be joined by Barbara Ennis, who's the principal of one of Dublin's major fee-paying schools, Alexandra College. Some of those schools are also having to pass through those higher um, energy costs. So, Neil, we, we all had this big picture of um, Pascal Donoghue and also Michael McGrath during budget time. They made a big commitment to business and the general impression was created then that the, the issue had been tackled, had been addressed. But here we are back in late December. Is more support do you need it beyond those budget measures in your view? Well, uh, good, good afternoon, Anna. I, I don't think it's an issue that, that we're back um, anywhere. I, I think there has been, uh, you know, we've certainly communicated uh, to the Department of Enterprise and, and to governments in general over the last number of weeks that while the, the TBES scheme has been very welcome, the temporary business energy support scheme, and it's and it's certainly going to be very useful for those for non-energy intensive businesses. Um, there is unfortunately a, a, a significant number of businesses that are very energy intensive in the likes of grocery uh, grocery businesses, childcare, nursing homes, hospitality. Those businesses are going to go through a very significant increase in energy cost, which. They are, in in some cases, they will struggle to pass on. You know, in businesses like nursing homes are, are engaged in a kind of a fixed price regime, but others will pass it on um, unless there is a greater degree of intervention because the TBES scheme is a, is, a, is a very limited scheme and it will uh, still leave businesses paying uh, 60% of the additional cost they experience. Yeah, and the reason I mentioned the budget is politicians, they don't tend to like to reopen these things so soon. So while I'm not speaking on their behalf, I suspect the two men I mentioned would say, look, we did what we did in the budget. Actually, gas prices have come down slightly since the budget was introduced. They're still very high. So do you think there's any political appetite to, to reopen this whole area? Well, it, nobody ever does, to be absolutely fair. Of course, they want they don't want to go through that. But let's just understand how the, the TBES only opened for registration uh, on the on the fifth of December. We understand that the that registration complex alone through the revenue website has been very complex, and we don't know how long it's going to take. Uh, for the reimbursement to to work its way through on that. We don't know, for example, if businesses are going to get paid on that before Christmas. And it's only for that, that reimbursement is only for the um, September to October period. So, you know, we don't know how impactful this is going to be yet. We have to see how easy it is for the cash to come through. But even those businesses that, 
get 100% of what they're entitled to to, through the TBET, they're still going to be left with a a 60% uh, net increase in their energy cost. It's extraordinary. Eye-watering is the only word for that sort of figure. Uh, Is there particular sectors that you would pick out as the most exposed? I mean, is is it hospitality? Is it um, smaller manufacturing businesses? What what are the ones you'd sort of pick out the two or three worst exposed sectors, in your opinion? Well, obviously, the, the... you know, you think when you go into your shop and you buy your chilled or frozen goods, uh, we often you forget about that when you exit that shop door, uh, you know, the fridge can't be turned off. Um, similarly, and I know you have a, a school principal about to come on, we know the sort of issues we encountered when we had to have open windows in the schools during the pandemic. Uh, we've just gone through a much colder period now. Uh, schools and hospitality venues aren't in a position to just tell people to wear more layers, uh, you know, when they show up to a hotel or school. So so their ability to control their energy consumption is very constrained. And it's that type of business or, or, or utility or service like a school that's going to be very badly affected. Okay, stay with us for the moment, Neil, and I'll go to our other guest who, as you said, is Barbara Ennis. She is the school principal at Alexander College just there in Milltown on the south side of Dublin. Uh, Barbara, thank you for joining us on The Hard Shoulder. Good to speak to you. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Um, As you know, it's been several months now since these energy costs have spiked. I suppose there's been maybe a a slight levelling off on international prices, but obviously that has to drip down. What are the kind of issues that are happening in your school? Uh, You obviously are being much more efficient with energy and power and all the rest of it, as you would expect any school principal to be, but you're still finding it a really tough burden. Just can you um, maybe outline for our listeners what the practical effects of these higher energy costs are for you? Okay, so we, um, when we were finalising our budget in August, well, it was a bit earlier than that. Um, yeah, the, the beginning of August, uh, we took into account um, what we were predicting would be the energy costs for the year and we included them in the budget for the school year. But um, unfortunately, uh, that budget is gone now and we're only finishing the first term. Um, you can't really... Uh, turn the heat off for students, young people. We've boarders as well and you can't just say to them, listen, sorry, you're going to be freezing between six and eight and then you'll be warm again. So, you know, we've kept the same heat going. We still have to keep all the windows and doors open because of the spike in COVID at the moment. Also, there's strep A and those other viruses going around. Um, we have asked our students to wear their tracksuit with layers as opposed to their formal uniform so that they're warm in school um, but our big fear is what is our energy bill going to be at the end of the academic year and Barbara and we, ter- we still have yes I was going to say Barbara in terms of what, what your school might qualify for are you included in any of these measures that were brought in in the budget or is there separate possibilities of something to happen from the Department of Education or are you just on your own in this whole area well, as a fee charging school, we're on our own. Um, the same thing happened with the COVID grant. We were on our own and then we sort of, you know, made lots of representations to the Department of Education and then they looked at each school on a case by case basis. So um, the fee charging sector, which varies um, quite radically from, you know, small rural schools to big schools like ours and we're all being treated exactly the same um 
you know, and it is having a major effect on our bottom line. And we did have to increase our fees by 4% in September. Uh, some schools had to increase their fees by 10%. Well, I was going to ask and, you that. You're, you at, know, you're at 4%. You're a good bit below inflation. So is, is there, and I hate to say this, but is there more juice to be wrung out of the parents? I know it's t- tough for you to have to ask them to put their hands on their pockets more than they already are. But that's that would seem to be the only way that you can pass this through. You don't have the other options of public assistance, so the parents are are your are your reserve in, the, in this particular case. Yeah, but we wouldn't go back to the parents after having set the fees at the beginning of the year and say, "Listen, you know, can you give us a dig out here with the energy?" That just wouldn't be ethical. Um, but we're hoping that the department will look at each school on a case by case basis and decide what level of support we might be entitled to. Um, um, and I know the argument is, oh, you know, fee charging schools have their own reserves, but that's not always true. And when a, when when you see a school putting their fees up by ten percent, you know that rings the alarm bells. You know that's a huge but percentage I, I, I would, fee increase. I would guess that the department officials would say to you, look, you know, put up the fees first and then come to us. I, I can't imagine that they wouldn't expect that to be your first port of call. I know you're you're saying they went up by four percent. But I, I would suspect they would say in, in either post-Christmas or in the new school year, there is more to be got from that area. W- would you not expect them to say that to you? No, no, no. I mean, you can't put the fees up in the middle of the year. No, you know, people have done their budgets. Yes, but you can put them back at the start of the year, presumably. Yeah, but I mean, we're t- that's like how many months away? Uh, six, seven months away. So in the meantime, if we don't get some assistance, we're going to be literally burning through our budget and going way over it. So uh, there isn't, you know, there isn't really anything else we can do. And we would very much like that the department would would reconsider including the uh, fee charging schools in the subsidy. Yes. And in terms of the the poor students, as you say, they're they're putting on extra layers and they're got tracksuits on and all the rest of it. I mean, they're they're probably not in the best of form at the moment, especially those who are doing leaving cert or junior cert, etc. So I'm sure they're they're fairly hacked off with the whole situation in the school, I'm sure. Yeah, and the teachers as well. I mean, they're frozen too. And, um, uh, you know, it's not something that we would generally associate with our school, that the students and the teachers are cold. Um, so, you know, we didn't anticipate the level of charges that were going to be imposed on us. Um, you know, we had a certain amount of warning in the summer, you know, things were not looking good, but we never anticipated such huge rises as we have experienced. And what kind of fuel or central heating or what are you actually using in the school? I'd be just curious to know, are you, are you um, up to date on your terms of what you've actually got on site or is that something you might look at in the future years to, to get something better or more efficient in, in terms of the actual energy system you're running down there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, at the moment, the main school is run on gas. Um, we just built a new boarding school there, which opened at the end of August and it is um, an energy efficient building. And, you know, there is a remarkable difference when you go into that building in, in the heat standards from the older buildings, which date back to 1973. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's why yeah, I was asking the question, because just everyone, I think everyone listening would think of their school days as being very, very cold. All school buildings being exceptionally cold at different times and different decades. But mm, mm. I, I don't know if that's one of the reasons for all school is that the, a lot most schools are several decades old. They're not necessarily... 
that well lagged and insulated and they can be drafty. Do, do you think that's part of the problem as well, exacerbating all these trends? Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, we've been looking at our energy um, efficiency over the last three or four years and, uh, you know, we're going to put solar panels on the roofs where we can in the... Oh. Uh, but oh, in the back. short term... Uh, who? No, we lost you there for a second, but you're back. Oh, sorry. I was just saying that we are, we've been looking at our energy consumption. We've changed all our uh, electricity... Um, units uh, to make them into more efficient units. We've changed all our lighting systems. Um, but it's still enormous. You know, the bill is still, like, frightening. Um, and um, we're going to put, try and get solar panels. And we've been talking to a few energy companies, one in particular that has developed this really interesting um, piece of equipment that works on a little windmill. And you can attach it to your light outside and the wind then will light the the lights on the outside of, okay. of the campus. Well, look, it's all, it all goes into the pot eventually, doesn't it? And, and gives you that extra efficiency. Good luck with that. Good luck to the students in the tracksuits inside those slightly chilly classrooms. That's Barbara Ennis, who is the principal at Alexandra College there in Milltown in Dublin. And earlier on, you heard Neil MacDonald, who is the chief executive of ISME. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.